and welcome to episode seven of View from the Sideline. I'm Chris, and Rich is back this week. Hi, Chris. Fully refreshed after my week away. I hope uh, you've kept up in touch with the football uh, this weekend, and uh, glad to have you back. Thanks, mate. It's good to be back. Uh, you're going to go through what we're going through uh, this week. Yep. So coming up this week, we've got the weekly teaser. So this week, it's uh, my turn to test Chris's football knowledge. Um, I think I've given him one he might get this week. So hopefully the the, uh, the curse of the uh, teaser will be broken this week. Uh, then we go into the weekend review of the Premier League games from the weekend just gone. Uh, we're carrying on with the uh, feature looking at the lower leagues. So we'll be looking at the Championship League 1 and League 2. Uh, then in part two of today's podcast, we've got the special topic, which is around English players playing abroad. And does it make better players and does it benefit the national team then we'll take a quick look at the predictions for the coming weekend's games we won't worry too much about the predictions just gone because the scores have been horrendous Uh, and then we'll finish the podcast with what's coming up next week Uh, so what the topic for next week's podcast will be and ways you can keep in touch with us so i'll go straight into the teaser Go on, then. Chris. Hit me, hit me with it. I think, I think you might get this one. So, what this week's teaser is? So, who is the only player to have scored in the Glasgow Merseyside and Manchester derbies? <sighs> oh, from the sound of that, maybe you won't get it. Uh, I'll have to have a think. So it was the which ones was it the Glasgow Glasgow Merseyside. So one player, all three of them. I feel like I've, I've I know I feel like I know it, but it's gone from my head. Oh my. I think we've even discussed it in the past. But I'll I'll leave it with you. Yeah, leave it with me. You've got you've got till the end of today's episode to uh, to give me an answer on that one. Okay, so uh, we're into uh, the weekend review of the Premier League games, um, and uh, I think we'll start the uh, a lot of talk off the pitch regarding this result. Um, West Ham, unfortunately, their win was a bit overshadowed by a certain manager. Um, West Ham plays good football, but whether it was May or not. It, you know, playing bad, but I still thought that West Ham played quite well. I, I, I'd agree with you. I think, I think it's a bit of a shame that a lot of the talk and a lot of the press afterwards is more around Mourinho and how, how poor United are rather than how good West Ham were. You, when you look at how West Ham started the season, I know on earlier, earlier editions of the pod, we were sort of saying about with the amount of signings they've made and how they probably didn't gel together straight away. But from from Chelsea United taking four points, they're sort of going in the right direction. But United were poor, but I think West Ham were really. West Ham made them look poor. 
Yeah, I think I think the the selections I think some Man United fans would question with McTominay playing at, at centre back. Um, that was obviously quite worrying for them. I would have thought. Who else is there? Yeah, whoever they play at, at, at centre half, whoever they play, they're going to get criticised because they're just yeah. not. I don't think they're up to the standard. The The one thing that summed that game up for me was West Ham's second goal. And although it took a horrendous deflection to loop in over De Gea, to give the West Ham... I think it was... I think, was it, was it Yarmolenko? Who yeah, yeah he, he hits it. He hits I, I, the defender and loops over. But to give him... To give him the time, space in the area and you can you, you can tell he's, he's he's going to swing his left foot at it and have a shot at goal but and Matic is just he's he's almost doing like the river dance he's just he's not closing him down it, he's he's almost just letting him have a shot and I think that just that just sort of summed up how United played where yeah. West Ham thoroughly deserved to win that game and it's, it's a defeat for Man United and obviously a lot Talk outside the game of Mourinho, but we won't go into too much detail. Um, but obviously, a lot away next week's topic. (laughs) I'm not saying anything yet, (laughs) but uh, obviously, a lot of people questioning his uh position, let's say. Uh, but that's the Watford game, uh, next. Uh, so a, a a pretty good game for Watford, even though they actually they ended up losing the game. I thought for seventy five minutes of that game they could have easily scored. For a long time. It was, yeah. yeah. They had good chances, Watford, to actually get a goal. And all to Leno, who came off for check, who got injured in the game. He he actually ended up having a really good game. Uh, made some yeah, really good saves. Checks out for quite a few weeks, I think. Do you think it'll be hard for him to get back in that team now? I I reckon. I think I think obviously Leno hasn't been tested. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been given a game yet, and the amount of saves that he had to make, and you know, end up kind of out of a clean sheet. I think Czech will probably struggle to get back in that team. Yeah, I thought two nils probably. It seems quite convincing from an Arsenal perspective, but I, I agree with you. Game for sort of 70, 75 minutes. Uh, but one thing I'd say, being a Spurs fan, it, it's it, it's hard to praise Arsenal at times. But yeah. if, if you think back, sort of six six weeks to City first game and then they lost away at Chelsea, that's seven wins in a row now for Arsenal. So, I was surprised when I looked at the league table. Surprised how close they were. But that's one in the Europa League and one in the League Cup. But that's five wins, five wins in a row for Arsenal. So I think you've got to give them a bit of credit. Credit Definitely. where it's due. Uh, so the uh, Everton Fulham game, uh, again this one it was a bit of a strange game to be honest with you. Um, I didn't think uh, the first Everton, I didn't think it was a penalty, um, and obviously it was missed anyway, so it didn't really come to any harm. But the the amount of chances that Fulham had in the first half and didn't manage to actually get a goal. You know the the Fulham team. They are going to be counting on their strikers scoring goals because their defence just can't defend. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, this this is this is probably why why I picked 
Fulham struggle and even to go down this year. I think for the amount of, I think the I think the possession was a 50-50 split in that game. It was, yeah. But Fulham, but Fulham, I know possession doesn't doesn't always win you matches, but Fulham didn't have one shot on target after having fifty percent of the possession. Yeah, but the chances there. Enough chances to to be winning that game, but they just they don't they don't take the chances that they get, and I thought. Even after the penalty miss, I thought Everton always looked the more likely team to score. I think three 0 definitely. Them. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's that's the sort of that's the sort of play where I think Fulham are going to struggle. I think I, I still I, even though they won three 0 I still think Everton lack that out and out striker. I don't think they have that out and out striker, and it's you know they've got Sigurdsson, who's super player to have behind the striker, and he obviously got himself a couple of goals. Um, he is probably Sigurdsson. I would say their best player. Fair then. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think anyone no, really. Good. I mean, he'll he'll be good. I think if he's on the season striker, I think they'd be a completely different team. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what they need to break into the top four. I think. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Huddersfield Tottenham game. I've got a lot to say on this show. Here we go. The referee in this game, he was having a laugh. Oh, he ruined that game for me. The, on, the no, foul, so Kane's goal, if you rewind about 10, 15 seconds, there was a clear foul on a Huddersfield player. And, and the referee doesn't even with, give with, it. He with, doesn't give it. Was, Top was, going it, off. was Mora? It was uh, the penalty. I think it was the penalty, wasn't it? I can't remember. But it wasn't a penalty anyway. I don't no, think there was enough well, contact. You sound a bit bitter, Chris. I'm going to be honest. You sound a bit bitter. But complete, completely neutral, I think it, it was a difficult game for Spurs to go into. Away to Huddersfield. One thing I'd say about Huddersfield is that their fans are unbelievable. Yeah, they, they make are. so much noise and they do not stop whether the team's winning, drawing or losing. So fair play to the Huddersfield fans. So, but I think that makes it a difficult place to go to. And although Spurs have got a couple of wins under their belt after they had the losses to Liverpool, to Watford and Liverpool, yeah, the first the first goal absolutely eased the pressure. It, it sort of settled them down a bit. The second one, I, I don't think that was a penalty. I've got, I've got to be honest. No. With you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's almost as if if Danny Rose had stayed on his feet, he's in a he's in a better position to create a goal than he is by going down and sort of just wondering if the ref's going to sort of buy it and give a penalty. But the the Huddersfield players, they didn't even like the guy that. That made the slight contact. He didn't even complain about it. I, if I was here, I would have been straight up to the referee. But you know, like if if we had VAR, yeah, I think that would have been nil nil that game. I'm not. I'm not too sure on the first one. I'm not too sure on the first point. I thought. I thought Lucas Moura did well. Did, he, the way he sort of kept kept running, got the ball, laid it off. Great ball from Trippier and Harry Kane doing what he does best. Speak Kane looked good, I thought. I thought it's the best he's looked for a good couple of weeks. Yeah, he did. he was good. He he looked rest he looked like he had a nice long rest. Yeah. I've got to pick you up on one thing, Chris. 
just just on Spurs from from a comment you made on last week's podcast. Uh, no, you, no, you, uh, you weren't here. You can't. Which, you can't go which, back. Which, if anything, proves that I listened to it, even though I wasn't on it. Go but on. when you said about Vorm being injured for Spurs and whether it's going to be a hindrance with two of their keepers out, yeah. If if anything, and I know I've said it before, and this I'm not out to get Vorm at all because I think he's a good keeper, but I feel so much more confident with Gazaniga in goal than I do Vorm. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of Spurs fans that would probably agree Vorm being out isn't a. It could actually be a good thing. That's, I think, I think that's a Gazzan- horrible thing to say. <laughs> no, he's a he's a good keeper and he made some good saves. Bring, again. bring Vaughan back. All right, well you've had your say. So uh, we'll uh, we'll but move I'm on. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, we'll move I mean, on. We're missing so, Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen as well. So, so good, the, a, good win, a good win for Spurs. The Man City Brighton game. Um, so I didn't realise that Manchester City are actually 12 Premier League games without defeat now, and they've scored 35 goals in 12 games. It's unbelievable. It's like nearly three goals every game. Um, I'm just going to interrupt you there, Chris. Very, very quickly, in the Champions League against Barcelona, 2-1. It's all about Thursday nights. I've warned you about this. Thursday nights. Thursday night football. Okay, carry on. Sorry. So to um, it took. It actually took for me. It, it felt like it took City a while just to get going in that game. Um, Brighton actually played quite well for you know the first 30, 35 minutes. But again, the difference. I, I felt Sane and Sterling out wide for, for for Man City. I think that ended up being the demise of Brighton. To be honest with you, I thought they linked up pretty well and uh, got goal as well. So. I, I I think I'm trying to be careful not to say the same thing about City each week. It's hard. They, they they almost always blow teams away. But one thing I find quite interesting with City, and not necessarily the Brighton game, but in the past, they always get an early goal. If you look at all of their games this year so far, I think it's only the Wolves game where they haven't scored and led at half time. So it's only mm. the Wolves game, which was, which I think was nil nil at half time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that they're nine times out of ten they're always ahead or they always get an early goal, it's so difficult for the other team to get back into the game. But one interesting thing that I, I didn't realise this, but if you look at the game they played this year, they've played five of the current bottom six sides. Newcastle and Huddersfield. Maybe that's probably why all, all of those teams are in the bo- in the bottom six. That's why my so, goal stat was so high. <laughs> I didn't they that. haven't. They haven't. They haven't actually played any of the the, the so-called big boys or the yeah. top half table uh, teams yet. So have they played Tottenham? To have they played Tottenham then? Have they? No, a couple of weeks. <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but we yeah. always seem to say the same things about City, but but it is it's the the, they just played. it's for them. It's just it's just so easy, isn't it? For them, they just but maybe once they come up against a team from the top 
maybe we'll see a change, but I can't see it to be honest with you. No, I, do, I think they'll step it up again. I think yeah. they're, they're playing the, the sort of the sort of teams where they're sort of in second or third gear. So uh, Newcastle Leicester game. Uh, so Newcastle still one of the three teams without a win this season. Um, I have to say one thing. I don't know whether you saw this or not, but. Did you hear the Newcastle fan singing to Mike Ashley about him leaving and he was just sat there laughing? He he just doesn't I just don't think I he did. cares anymore. I I didn't I didn't hear I didn't hear what but I don't think he's ever cared. See? Really? I, it doesn't look I mean, like it's not a secret that he wants to sell, so Well he's he's made it very clear he wants to sell but I think the price that he wants for them, I just don't think that no one's willing to pay that to be honest. And he's probably doing that on purpose, so but it's, well, it's only think, aggravating the fans more. I think the trouble he's got, and well, not just him, but I think the trouble Newcastle have got is that they need to remain a Premier League club for them to be uh, an attractive proposition for, for yeah. someone to buy them. But I think, he's not. I think, he's not given them the money to do that to buy the players. Well, he's not. No, exactly. But so, so one of the things I that, that's come out of. The, that performance for me because I think Newcastle had one shot on target and only six attempts in the whole game Yeah. and normally Newcastle at home would be not all out attack but they'll, they'll have a go so and their their percentage of possession for, for Newcastle at home I can't remember what it was off the top of my head it's something it was about like early 40s percent it was I think it was 42 percent yeah, it's, it's low for what you would what you would think Newcastle would be playing at home against Leicester. No disrespect to Leicester, but they're not they're not a City, they're not a, a Chelsea or a Liverpool. They're not gonna sort of come at you all guns blazing. But I, I think January transfer window is going to be absolutely pivotal for Newcastle if they want to stay in the league. Yeah, I, the thing that I do you, do you think if Rafa Benitez doesn't get the money in January, he'll leave? Because they they won't sack him, but no, I don't. I can't. I can't see them sacking him, but they won't sack him because be it costs honest, money. But he's, he's got so much credit in the bank, Benitez at Newcastle. He could, he could walk away, and I don't think anyone would blame him. Uh, well, because they were obviously on about him leaving last at the end of last season, um, but he stayed. So. Yeah, he's got so much potential. Newcastle's got so much potential, but a, a decent win for Leicester. I yeah, it was I mean, a good win for them, yeah. Um, yeah did you see good. the uh, penalty? What did you think about that? Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. You thought it was, yeah. yeah His hands were all over him, really, weren't they? Yeah, you can't, you can't really do that anymore, can you? I think if, if the ref sees it, he's gonna, get, he's gonna give a penalty. They're so. picking up more on these things, aren't they? Now with the, with yeah. the hands and the stuff. So. Definitely, up the World yeah. Cup they will, and then, well. Similar to the World Cup, Harry Maguire comes up with a header from a corner, sort of definitely kills the game off, really. But a good win for Leicester. But I do worry about Newcastle. Oh yeah, they need they need a win. Desa, well, they're playing Man United at the weekend, so if there's ever a time to play Manchester United, it's probably oh, now. There you so. go. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, it's got nil nil written all over. <laughs> so uh, the Wolves stuff up the game. Uh, obviously, Southampton really really struggling now. Um, and I think I was right in because I put them in my bottom three at the start of the season. 
They just don't. They just do not look motivated to play football at the moment. Uh, there's a there's for the weekend's game. Saints are another team that just don't take their chances. That for me was quite an even game. I think Saints had Saints had. Quote, it wasn't that far off, like twenty attempts on goal. Uh, and you just think if if you have that many attempts on goal, you should, should be scoring. Be scoring. And <laughs> Wolves always look dangerous. They always look like they had a goal in them. I really like the way Wolves are playing. A lot. They always look dangerous. I don't think the result was a surprise. I thought. I thought no, Wolves no, no. Always I, win that, but I thought Wolves were going to win. Uh, but Torre for Wolves. He's out for winning. That pace he's got, he he's tearing the defence oh, yeah. apart out wide. They just couldn't yeah, get near definitely. him. Because he's so quick, he's going to get in behind. Definitely, yeah. And but, uh, first goal, I think he did. He did, yeah. I just, I do, I, I'm like you, I worry about Saints. I just can't see where where their goals are going to come from. And they've, they've got the impossible task this weekend of playing Chelsea as well, so... Oh, well, Three points for up. Chelsea coming up. Uh, speaking of Chelsea, so the game of the weekend was at Stamford Bridge, where Chelsea met Liverpool. Actually, a, re- uh, a really entertaining game uh, for the neutral, I would say. It was uh, quite end to end, even though you know conceded right near the end. But it was a hell of a goal from Daniel Sturridge. Uh, yeah, what goal that was? Definitely. Probably, I would say, a draw was a fair result. Chelsea defended actually quite well in this game. I was quite impressed with defending at times. We cleared two off the line as well, which is unlike unlike Chelsea. Um, what did you think? I thought, I think at the, at the beginning, if you'd offered a, a, a draw to both managers, they probably would have taken it. Yeah. The the one thing about this game that that puzzles me slightly is Mo Salah. And I know I know we've said before about what an unbelievable season he had last year yeah. and he was he was untouchable and if, if he carries on that form into this season Liverpool have got a real shot at the title. But I was really surprised at 1-0 down that Klopp brought him off. Well he he came off that, what was it with about 30 minutes to go. Yeah, I, I think he did. Sturridge come on for him. No, it was uh, Shakiri came on. For him. Right. Okay. And so he missed a sitter from six yards. So yeah. I know hindsight, but that that never would have happened last year. I don't know if he's struggling with an injury or or, or what it was, but I think if Liverpool were losing one nil last year, the, the last thing Klopp would have done is bring him off. Definitely. And I'm really surprised against what. What is going to probably, I hate to say this as well, but what is probably going to be one of their rivals this year, whether it's for the title or whether it's for Champions League places, that, that he brought him off? I was just really well, surprised about it. I was, I was speaking to someone this week of, of, about Salah. And last last season, because when he, when he got thrown, he took it round the keeper um, and hit it towards goal, but Rudiger got back just in time. But last last season... He would have even needed to go around the keeper. He probably would have just digged it over the keeper and gone straight in. I, I don't know what it is. This is just like confidence, or it's just something's not working for him. But yeah, for, or, I mean, he's, he's still happens. playing well. But yeah, yeah. I think 
it was a it was a it was a good point for both teams. A, an unbelievable goal. Trust it, I can't believe he scored from that from that fight as well. And and to make it even worse, he scored against us in the Carabao Cup as well, like a couple of days before. So he's obviously trying to get back into that first team, but I can't well, see it happening. I can't see him get back into the first team, but I'm well, sure he'll no, get. I think he can... All he can do is score when and play well when he plays, but yeah, yeah. he's going to find it hard to, to get back in the first team. Yeah, yeah okay, so, a, a good game for the neutral. Yeah. Moving on to Sunday's game, uh, attractive Cardiff versus Burnley. Uh, another win for Burnley, so that you know that will uh, help them out. You know, it's lifted them up the table, but. I just want to quickly talk about Cardiff. It's because they're out. It's because it's because they're out of Europe. Europe yeah. Cardiff though are are really really struggling. They just they just have not adapted to the Premier League. I don't think at all. And it's helped that you see Fulham and Wolves have spent a lot of money to get the players to push them up the table. Whereas Cardiff, they've got a, a, a Championship side basically playing in the Premier League. And uh, I, I really, I really, really don't think that they're going to get any. They might end up getting one of the lowest points in the in the, the Premier League history. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but my God, they they don't half try. And I know you don't get points for trying, but there's yeah. so much passion in that. There's so much passion in that team, which I don't think there is in a lot of the other teams down but, the bottom. If you, if you, Newcastle and yeah. Cardiff are chalk and cheese, really. I think that I, I kind of expected Burnley to win that game. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think it was a lot. Cardiff gave them a hell of a game. They gave them a game, but it's it's just not like you said. You don't get any points for for trying hard. You don't, it's, but they're doing the right things. They're doing the right doing thing. It. And Neil Warnock, when he's not pole vaulting. As, as you like to say that he does Chris, oh, yeah. remember that far back <laughs> when he's not when he's not pole vaulting he he's I find him really positive he never moans he never sort of blames anybody he he just likes the fact that his team are trying they're giving 110% whether they're just not getting the breaks or whether they're just not good enough at this level but I kind of want them to stay up just because, just because of how hard trying. Yeah, I, I just I I think in in January they have to assess that they are going to need to spend money. But then are, are the board are their board going to look at it as money and then behind are they going to bother? Well, the, the trouble the trouble would be with Cardiff. I think is if they go down, I think they would really struggle to get back up. I know the championships are really hard league, but but just just on Burnley, it's it's Joe Hart again. Every week he seems to be. I, I, and I, I kind of week. think that that's the thing with Cardiff as well. If it wasn't for Joe Hart, Cardiff probably would have won that. Yeah, I, I just think that I said last week uh, to Greg, who filled in for you, do you think that Joe Hart might get back into the England team? He said no. I said he might have a chance. I uh, I can't see him getting back in, to be honest. 
because I think the only reason he'd get back in is if Southgate actually thought he would play him, but I don't think he would. Uh, Spurs have scored again, just to let you know. Well, the free, it, Messi had scored but after Kane's for Barcelona. Uh, Messi, who's he? Again, another good, another good win for Burnley. Yeah, uh, so we're going to the game uh, on Monday night, which is Bournemouth versus Palace. Bournemouth have had a, v- a very successful season so far, up to seventh in the league. Um, which I, I think at the start of the season, I think I would have them in around seven, eight, or ninth. Um, so I think I think they are overachieving though. Um, it was a good game, but Palace. Just uh, again, a bit like Everton, they just need that need a striker in there that's going to get them ten, fifteen goals a season. Because other than Zaha, you you just don't know where the goals are going to come from. Their, their biggest goal threat, I think. Uh, Bournemouth are a good side. I like the way Bournemouth play. I like Eddie Howe as a manager. I think I think they are probably slightly overachieving this year. Yeah. But, if they keep winning and they keep putting points on the board, they're they're going to stay where they're going to sort of stay in and around where they are. Do you think they can I, get into Europe? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I'd like to think they could. I mean, that that would be a great story, but I just I do I think there's I think there's clubs that are, are probably better than them, sort of better equipped. Sort of when you get to sort of Christmas and you're playing a lot of games. And yeah. I, I think there's just teams that, that will probably fare slightly better than them. But I just I just like, with, this is no disrespect to Bournemouth, but a lot of their players aren't what you would necessarily say well-known players, are they? They're not, you know, players that you would immediately think of when you say Bournemouth, like, like that Ryan Fraser out wide. Such a good player, but, yeah, but, but that's no one's ever heard of him. But that's so that's that's so good on, on what Eddie Howe's done for that club. And uh, I, I think, I think Eddie one, Howe, I think yeah, he's I think he's assembled a team. They're not they're not eleven individuals. Or no, sort of half the players are sort of world class, and the half are sort of average. I think he, he's he's created, and they they gel really well as a, as a team as a unit. And I think that's what their success is. I think I think that's what it's down to, really. You think he'll be England manager one day? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? I think he will. I, I think one day he will. I'd like to England, think he. So. I'd, I'd like to think he could be. I think he's got a good chance. But yeah, Bournemouth doing really well. Uh, good to see as well because they're kind of a localish sort of team, I suppose, to for us both, but. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that was the weekend review in the Premier League. And I believe Rich has got some EFL news from the Championship and League One. Yeah, so in the Championship, uh, so the summary does include those games. Uh, but Leeds are uh, a top after a 1-0 win away to Hull. Uh, Leeds still top despite only winning two of their last five matches. So they're not going through the greatest patch of form, but... I think what they did earlier in the season has kept them up there. Middlesbrough are level on 22 points with Leeds, but second on goal difference. Middlesbrough got a 2-0 win away at Ipswich over the weekend. 
West Brom are third, but they have got a game in hand. I think they're playing tonight. I think they're playing Sheffield Wednesday tonight. So if they win that, uh, they could go top of the league. West Brom winning four of their last five games. Uh, Sheffield United, Brentford and Swansea make up the playoff places. But something, something quite interesting from the championship, Chris, is there's 11 teams all within two points of each other going right the way down to Bolton in 15th. It's always That's been a close, to, close league, that one, hasn't it? But that is how tight that league is. So one win could, could literally lift you from mid-table right back up into the playoffs. Uh, i just give a special mention to Norwich, who, who currently sit eighth in the league. But they've won their last four games, Norwich, so they're on a really good run of form at the moment. Uh, at the bottom... Uh, Millwall, Ipswich and Preston make up the bottom three. I'm not quite sure. I think Greg mentioned it last week, what's happened to Millwall. Uh, They had such a good season last year, but yeah, they're in the relegation zone. Um, So all of of the three teams in in the bottom three in the championship have got no wins in their last five matches. And between the three of them, there's only two wins all season, which... (laughs) <laughs> isn't isn't great form. When you think Millwall, Ipswich and Preston, three three decent clubs between them have only managed to get two wins all season. So the championship's definitely already sort of splitting into two leagues within it. There's yeah. uh, the bottom three are going slightly adrift and the, the, the top and the playoffs is very tight. Uh, into League One, so Portsmouth are three points clear at the top after a 1-0 away win at 14th place Coventry. Portsmouth remain the only unbeaten side in the division, uh, which did then make me think if Saints struggled and Portsmouth went up, you could have the South Coast derby back on next year. It's been a while since that, what's that, about five years maybe? Yeah, it's been a while, it's been a while. I'm not saying Saints are going to go down by the way, but... Pompey look, looking good this season. Uh, back up to the championship. Uh, Peterborough a second after a good point away at fourth place Sunderland. That game finished 2-2. Doncaster currently sit third after their first defeat in the last five games, falling to a 1-0 defeat away at fifth place Accrington. So in the in League One, the, the sort of top top six seem to play each other at the weekend, which is quite interesting. Uh, the win for Accrington was their third third win in a row. Barnsley make up the playoff places uh, in sixth after a 1-1 draw at home, but that was to bottom place Plymouth, so I think Barnsley would probably see that as, uh, as some points missed there. At the bottom, Wickham, Gillingham and Oxford make up the relegation places along with Plymouth. No win in the last five matches for any of those teams in the bottom four. So again, not uh, not great form, not great form at the bottom of League One, and I'm, I'm just going to go off topic just for one second, Chris, because I want to give a special mention to the Scottish Premier League. Now I, I know we don't don't normally talk about this league, but I, I don't know if you know this. Hearts are five points clear at the top of yeah. the league at the moment. So six ahead of Celtic and eight ahead of Rangers. So unbeaten so far this season. I've heard I heard a good stat at the weekend about the uh, that there are three teams in the league that have not won an away game this season, and Rangers and Celtic are both 
one of those three teams. No, oh, that's crazy. You wouldn't think that, would you? No. But yeah, well done, Hearts. Heart, hearts, have, hearts have taken 13 points from the last 15 that have been available. So four wins in a draw in their last five games. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just, mix it, just mixes it up a bit. Oh, yeah. In, in, up in sure. Scotland. Well, the Celtic just run away with that normally, don't they? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Start your Europa League, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's the, place, it's the again. It's the place. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I will quickly go through uh, what happened in League Two at the weekend. Uh, so Lincoln will uh, remain top after a two-nil away win against Cheltenham. Uh, Newport Leapfrog Exeter in second after they beat Cambridge four-two. Uh, Newport are second and have a negative goal difference. Did you know? That? No, Second in the league, well, it's because Yeovil beat them 6 0 a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, they actually have a minus two goal difference in the second in the league, which is crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That I've never seen a top three team have a negative goal difference. But They must win every game 1 0. Yeah, uh, so as I just mentioned, Exeter are third. Uh, they drew 1 0 with Port Vale. Uh, Stevenage are up to fourth after a, a win, and Colchester, Oldham, Forest Green, and make up fifth, sixth, and seventh. But none of those teams won at the weekend, so Colchester, Oldham, and Forest Green didn't uh, win. And then at the bottom, uh, Macclesfield remain bottom. Um, they picked up, but they did pick up their third point of the season with a one-all draw against Forest Green. Grimsby move into the bottom two. They lost two under Morecambe. Uh, they are now no win five, and they've only scored one goal in the last five games. And that goal actually came at the weekend. So before the weekend, they hadn't scored in four games. So they are struggling. And uh, Notts County won their first game of the season. Uh, they beat Crew two one and are finally uh, off out of the bottom two. So yeah, doing it is quite close in League Two. Um, top six. Uh, so I think it's from like fourth to about thirteenth. There's literally about three points. So quite bunched up in the middle, but the top three and the bottom sort of three four teams are all quite close together. So. Yeah, I think that I think that just sort of emphasises the point of how difficult those leagues are to get. Yeah, involved. that was this week's EFL review, and coming up in part two, we are going to be looking at our topic, which this week is the uh, English English players playing abroad, and we'll also touch base quickly on the predictions. Welcome back to part two of uh, this week's podcast, where we are going to talk through our special topic this week, which is around English players uh, playing abroad. So does it make you a better player and does it benefit the national team if uh, English players are playing in foreign leagues? So, Chris, do you want to uh, get us going yeah. on this one? I'll, uh, I'll start. Um Obviously, there's been a lot of talk, I'd say, in the last probably month or so about uh, one certain player. Obviously, the guy playing for Dortmund, Sancho. 
Um, yeah, he's actually he's actually started tonight's Champions League game. I don't know if you if you know. Yeah, well, he's got the most assists in Europe at the moment, so one to think of. I think for Gareth Southgate, but I think I think because of him, the, the whole discussion around English players who play abroad, I think has come back to light on you know should should we be scouting more of these players that actually are playing abroad because. I think some of these players, it must be quite hard to actually get noticed. I don't, I don't know what you think, because obviously if you are playing away from your sort of national league, the problem is I don't know how in-depth Southgate's team go into actually, you know, let's look at this this league, you know, Germany or whatever, send people over there to actually watch them. I, I, don't, I don't actually do that, but... I'd imagine they do. And how many players currently that could qualify to play for England are actually not playing in the Premier League? Well, I've I did a, a bit of digging, and there are hundreds of player English players playing abroad. Mostly, I would say, are probably coming to the end of their careers. I would say. So you've got. So I've I've listed a few. So you've got Sancho obviously playing for Dortmund. You've got a, a player called Shay Ojo who was playing for Liverpool, who was part of the Liverpool Academy. He's playing in France at a team called Reims. And then you've got Ashley Cole still playing for LA Galaxy. Rooney obviously playing for DC United. And I don't know if you remember this guy, Adam Lafondra. Can you remember him? Yeah, he used to play for Reading. Yeah, he is actually playing in uh, the A League for Sydney at the moment. You in the A League, Chris? I, I knew you'd. I knew you'd pull one out from the other side of the world. But if you take if you take Scotland and Wales out of the equation, because obviously we have got a lot of English players playing in those leagues, there are still a fair few hundred actually playing out there. But mm. they are, they is... they either seem to be really young young age or they seem to be coming towards the end of their careers it doesn't seem to be like a middle ground yeah um, I, think, I, I find this topic quite a hard one but, the, but that's why I think it's it, it's probably a, a good discussion point I think you'd get a lot of mixed views so what I did is I picked six of the so-called biggest nations that were at the World Cup in yeah. Russia in the summer. So I went for Spain, France, Argentina, Brazil, Germany and England. And the, f- from the 23-man squads that they took, how many of the players actually play in their domestic league? Oh, yeah. So just just to go, just to run through them quite quickly. So Spain, six of the 23 played outside of Spain and two of those are keepers. So De Gea and Pepe Reina. Yeah. So of the remaining players, 13, so 13 of the 23 play for either Real Madrid or Barcelona. France, from their 23-man squad, 14 of them play outside of France. And I think I'm right in saying that it's those 14 which pretty much made up their starting 11 for each of the games. Okay. Um, Argentina, 19 of their players play outside of, of their national league. 19? Yeah. All oh. of the Argentinian squad played play in their, their domestic league. Brazil, it's 20. So 20 of theirs are outside. Germany, 
eight, only eight of Germany's 23-man squad play outside of Germany, but eight, eight of them play for Munich or Dortmund. England, none of them. So, so no player in the England squad plays outside of the Premier League. And I'm, I'm not because I think the Premier League is probably the most competitive league in Europe. Yeah. Germany, so it's always Munich or Dortmund. France, it's PSG. Spain, it's Atletico, Real Madrid or Barcelona. But I think with the Premier League, even though sort of City dominated to a certain extent, it's probably the most competitive league there is. So I think there's an argument today, if you were an English player, why wouldn't you want to play in the Premier League? That's, that's, that's exactly what I found out when I was looking into it. Like, well, if you are, you know, going by what you've just said then, it, it to me it looks like that they don't scout outside of England. No, I don't think but, they do much. But t- to be honest, so from the players you reeled off, uh, let's let's kind of be a bit honest about it. Lafondra's never going to play for England. No. I think Rooney and Cole are too far past their, their best. I think Rooney, did he retire? Or did he make yeah, I think he's retired. Available? And I think it's, I think it's almost only the young, the sort of young players that, that would probably be the ones that would be getting the Southgate would be looking at, to be honest with you. Oh yeah. yeah. But, but if you look at, so if you look at English players that have gone, Gone abroad in the past. I think Beckham's probably. So yeah. I, so I think is... Beckham, Beckham's probably the. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% convinced he went for footballing reasons. To be honest, the whole. It, uh, there's a little. I, I love David Beckham, but there's a little bit of me that thinks it was about pushing his brand. Probably. By just going to play for Madrid. But was he for sort of PSG and Milan? I'm not sure it made him a better player than he already was. He was in his peak when he was when he was playing for United. But do you think was he the last English player that you can think of that played abroad and was picked for the England team? Yeah, probably. Because it I was. Don't, I don't know if Michael, was Michael Owen still playing for England? No, I don't think he was at that time. Because the only other player that cropped up when I looked into this that was playing abroad was Owen Hargreaves um, in the early 2000s. He was playing for Bayern Munich and he was selected for the England squad then. Um, and then he made his move he over. Was, yeah, Hargreaves was a good was a good player, but I almost think he was he was quite unique to what England had. He was probably the only sort of player that, that played in the position that he had, that sort of holding midfield yeah. role. And Eric, but, so uh, Eric Dyer, uh, he he was playing for Lisbon and wasn't selected for England, moved to Tottenham and in his first season he got his first England call-up. Yeah. Yeah, but hmm, yeah, I think I think this is this is where it's it's kind of not a grey area, but I, I would say he got into the England squad because of how he was playing for Spurs, not because he played in Lisbon. I think that probably taught him, probably taught him a bit. But this is this is where I come back to. I, I can't necessarily decide whether it's a good thing playing abroad or whether it's a bad thing playing abroad. 
but I think it works better for younger players. I think, I think of yeah. I think when Owen went to Madrid, even when Jonathan Woodgate went to Madrid, it almost. But when they came back to England, they were worse players than when they left. Did did Owen come back to Newcastle? Yeah, yeah he came but back. I, yeah, I think he remains their their record signing, but I don't I don't think he sort of pulled up many trees at Newcastle, and I think Woodgate. I don't know if he left Spurs for Madrid or came back to Spurs, but I know he ended up at Middlesbrough. And I kind of think, well, d- did moving abroad actually do them? I don't think it benefit. Was it, it a good move? No, yeah, I, I, I was sure trying to think of move. it from a player's perspective. Would, if you're a player, so you're at a Premier League club and you get two offers at the end of the season, one to go play... I don't know, in Romania or one to play in the championship, both of you would rather go. Would you rather stay within the English network, hopefully get picked up, or travel far away, probably never be seen again? So I, I, think I'd, I'd probably rather stay in England, but I think it depends yeah. where you are in your career. I mean, footballers want to play football. I mean, so the guy at Dortmund is he is he on is he on loan from a from an English club? He is actually he stopped. so basically he left Manchester City for Dortmund because I, I, it must be to do with game time. I don't think he felt that he was going to get the game time at City, but then obviously Dortmund saw something in him and bought him. And he's just, yeah, I think he's just signed a, a contract extension actually as well. So I, right. I think that's a, I think that's a really good move. I think for I him, think at yeah. that age, if you're not playing football at that age, and he, he's obviously doing well over there, and I think well, he's, the, he's making a name for himself, which is good. And, it's, and like I said, it's being picked up that he is playing well over there, and I, I do think by the end of the season he probably would have been picked. Yeah, at least there's, one there's so much game. press around him that he probably he probably will get a shot, and I think yeah. he, I think he'll probably deserve deserve it. But I, I think, I, I guess my conclusion would be that he's probably the sort of um, prime example of when it when it will work. If if you're good enough, and you take you take that that chance to go and play abroad if you're not getting game time sort of in the Premier League or in the, in the Championship for example yeah. then it probably works, it probably works out better for you but I think unless unless you're an established in, unless you're an established international player I, I don't think moving abroad is, is going to be that that beneficial for you I think Joe Joe Hart's a prime example I know that he sort of fell out of favour at City and he wanted to play sort of regular football but even when he was playing for Torino I don't I don't necessarily think I mean he he was still being picked by England but he wasn't the first choice though was he no but that's what I mean I don't but I don't think that's because he was playing abroad I think it was probably just because there was there was better keepers coming through. Yeah. And well, I, he'd, he played for England for so long that I guess your time always comes to an end. 
I think you're right. I think I think it it is a good thing that obviously they are looking further than than just the English leagues. But I think these players that they find abroad are going to be few and far. To be honest with you, if you history, I don't think I can name more than three players that have played for England whilst being played abroad. Um, I would have thought Gascoigne and Lineker were probably two other players. Yeah, who played abroad. If you look at the other countries, so the country, the countries I mentioned earlier on, yeah, all, pretty much, I'd say about ninety-five percent of all those players that are playing, um, playing abroad, so not playing in their domestic league, are playing in probably the top one or two clubs in that league. Yeah, that they're all at the best clubs in Europe, and. A lot of England's squad. So I think I think from the twenty-three uh, man squad England took, I think there's, I think there's seventeen or eighteen of the twenty-three play for what you would perceive to be the top six clubs in this country. Yeah. Which which makes me think that going abroad isn't. Going to make you a better player if you're if you're playing regularly for a top club in your country. Then I don't think there's any necessarily any need to move. No, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I, think, see that it, I don't think it would benefit any player going abroad. As, national team that that much. As long as you're playing regular football and you're playing teams, I don't, I don't think you know. I think you should have every right to be picked for the England squad, but. I just uh, I quick. I think Chris. I think I, I think I was going to say. I think we may have answered that one. I think we may have come to an agreed decision on that. Yeah, we've actually agreed on. Just a quick side note. I actually found Joe Cold on the list as well. He's actually still playing. He's like playing for another team that yeah, aren't in the top he division. He's playing in like the second division of the American League. So I guess like the MLS two. Uh, oh, is he? But yeah, I found I found him. Oh. Yeah, so. He is still playing. Anyway, there you go. that is. There you go. Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna. So, uh, Champions League's just finished. So, Barcelona four, Tottenham two. So, that's a shock result for everyone there. Look. Yeah, but just another one. I'm not sure you've seen this, but Napoli have got a last-minute winner. So, Napoli one, Liverpool nil. Is how that one's finished. No, oh, that's their first game they've lost all season, isn't it? Yeah. Good side though, Napoli. Good side. Anyway, okay, so let's move over to um, predictions quickly for this week. Uh, so last week, I didn't come last. Surprisingly, you didn't come last, but unfortunately for Adam, although I scored a, mo- a poultry five, I didn't come last. Yeah, unfortunately, Adam becomes the best member of the Zero Club. Uh, he actually didn't get anything, which uh, which is a shame, really, for him to uh, to get zero. But uh, it's all on all on the social medias anyway. This week's special guest predictor is Tom, um, and like I said, all the all the games uh, are on Facebook and Twitter. So the teaser for this week, Rich. Yes. So say say what was it again? It's the so the the only player to have scored in the Glasgow Merseyside and Manchester derbies. 
<sighs> the fact you had to ask for the question to be repeated makes me think you're not you don't know not, who it is. Not confident. Let's just say I'm not confident. <laughs> I just try, try to think of players that have played in Scotland and I just can't nothing is literally coming to my head. Oh. oh, I don't know. This is killing me, Chris. Oh, I, I, I just, I, I, I know it's not him. He's the only player that I can, can think of that plays for that. Uh, Scott Sinclair. It's not him, man. No, it's not him. Kachowskis. Do you remember him? Kachowskis. Yeah, the flying winger. So he played for. Uh, Rangers, Rangers. and Man United. I never would have got that. Not in a million years would I have got that. <laughs> so the um the curse is still in. Huh. I think you're gonna have to um give me one like uh name the English National Stadium next week just so we can get one right. No, I'm not, I'm not giving. I'm not giving them away. It's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be hard. But yeah, that's that. I'm going to swat up in the week. To... <laughs> Just have a look at all the stats websites, because to be honest, that's probably where it's going to come from. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'll, I'll speak to you. So uh, next week's topic, uh, we are going to do a, a special on the special one. Uh, so, yeah, obviously with all the the stuff surrounding Mourinho, I think it's probably a good time to talk about him. Uh, I probably have got a lot more to say than what Rich will have on the subject as he's managed the club that I support twice and has twice been sacked from that club. And who knows, this time... I think... We, I think. Sorry, I, I think we're going yeah. to say this. I just hope he's still in a job now. I was about to say, because if he gets sacked, then we'll have to it. change it slightly and say Mourinho, you know, the not-so-special one. But he called himself that, didn't he? Yeah. That wasn't... He, he actually... That's... He actually called himself the special. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that is uh, pretty much it uh, for this week's podcast. Um, just a quick note. We are on Spotify now. So if you've got Spotify, go on Spotify. Just search for you for the sideline. We are on there. All the previous episodes are on there. This week's episode will be on there probably tomorrow morning, late morning. Uh, but we're on Spotify. Still on iTunes, still on YouTube and across all the social media. So just search View for the Sideline on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're, we're there. Just give us a like, subscribe on YouTube, and that would be great. Leave some comments as well. So I've got, I've already got some comments we got through this week on social media to see next week because they were Unite, the Manchester United related, but because we're doing a Mourinho special next week, I'll see them until then. But uh, for me, it's uh, goodbye. And yeah, goodbye from me as well. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you next week.